This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Idea City Podcast. For more information or to watch talks online, go to ideacity.ca or check out the Idea City channel on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to Idea City on the Air. By the end of the next half hour, you'll be inspired and enlightened by the world's biggest ideas, innovations, and breakthroughs as you hear about them in talks from the planet's smartest people. Moses Neimer's three-day annual Idea City conference in Toronto has been called Canada's premier meeting of the minds, and we're glad to have your mind with us. In this episode of Idea City on the Air, Robert Mees speaks about the amazing world of bats. Now, let's join Moses as he introduces Rob to the stage. Okay, fair warning, we're moving on to creatures which I think freak most of us out. We're talking bats here. I've never met a man as enthusiastic about bats. Robert, come out here. Thank you. I love bats. I love bats. I love them. Um, I'm, uh, I'm Rob Myas. I'm the executive director and the co-founder of the Organization for Bat Conservation. I've been studying bats for 25 years. I've traveled all over the world uh, researching bats from uh, Alaska that has five different species to the Amazon rainforest that has 120 different kinds of bats. There's bats in Australia. There's bats on almost every continent. Obviously, Antarctica's just far too cold. There's no resources there. There's nothing to eat. Nobody should live there. That's a mammal for sure, above ground, above the water. So bats are found everywhere. There's 1,300 different kinds of bats. They come in all different sizes and shapes. Very, uh, very few people know much about bats, so I've written books over the years, and I travel the United States um, actually bringing live bats uh, to show people. Um, our organization is based at the uh, Cranbrook Institute of Science. It's just north of Detroit. It's about five hours from here. I can't cross international lines with live bats, so I'm so sorry that I don't have live bats here with me today. Please don't boo. And you can come and see the bats, though. The Toronto Zoo does have a nice bat exhibit uh, as well, so they've got a couple of different species of bats. Well, at the Institute of Science, our Natural History Museum, we have school groups that come through, we have teacher workshops, we do a lot of events. Uh, it's a really great opportunity, but um, I found that it was really important to get out to, to, um, to teach people because um, bats are, for most people, pretty scary. And so we started a campaign uh, called the Save the Bats campaign. The Save the Bats campaign is really about, first, teaching people how important bats are, how interesting bats are, then uh, it ends up inspiring people. So once people realize bats are not blind, they're not going to get stuck in your hair, and they're not going to drink your blood, <laughs> and how important that they are, they, they, they well, what can I do? I'm going to do something for bats. 
And so we're working with people and families to do something for bats. We're also organizing neighborhoods and cities to do something on a bigger scale. And what that does is it makes uh, deeper, long-lasting, lifelong, especially when we hit kids early, connections that eventually, really what I'm talking about is protecting biodiversity and making it a healthy world for all these wonderful animals and plants and us at the same time. One of the ways uh, that we uh, work, especially with kids, is a, a bathhouse project. And putting up a bathhouse provides bats a safe, warm, dry place to raise their babies. A mom bat usually has one baby once a year. One baby. You know, you might have, told, you've been a, might have been told, just like I was, that bats were mice with wings, Right? Oh, kill that thing. It's nasty. It's, mice. it's a mouse with wings. No, they're not. They're put in their own scientific group called Chiroptera, which means hand wing. The bat's wing looks a lot like our hand. They have a thumb, four fingers. If I stretched my fingers all the way down to the ground, pulled up some skin and sewed it onto my fingers, that would be just like a bat's wing. Chiroptera. That's what bats are put in their own scientific group. So they have one baby once a year. They could live up to 30 to 40 years old. They're found all over the world. They're the only mammals in the world that can fly, and they need to find somewhere safe, warm, and dry to raise their babies. So putting up a bathhouse. Planting gardens, actually. You know, if you plant gardens for hummingbirds and butterflies, you're also probably helping bats at night because moths come to those gardens. So native plantings are really important for a lot of different types of animals. And then teaching people about how important bats are. That's really the first thing. Um, there's Conan O'Brien, city guy, little nervous. Um, the way that bats find their food is by using high-pitched ultrasonic sounds. Those sounds you're hearing as a recording. You're also watching slow motion as the bats are either trying to catch or catching the insects. They don't always catch the insects in their mouth. They usually use their, uh, their wing or their tail membrane actually to catch bats. So when you see bats flying around at night and they're dipping and they're diving and they're flipping around, that's because they're, they're pushing the insect in closer to their mouth. They're the primary predators of nighttime insects. They eat more insects than anything else does out at night, and most of the insects are out at night. So they eat moths and beetles and gnats and flies and mosquitoes. In North America, they save farmers upwards of $54 billion annually because farmers then have to spray a lot less pesticides. Let's see a bat eating up close. This is an injured bat at the Organization for Bat Conservation. We get a lot of injured bats in. This is People a live, can you see this okay? This is a live mealworm. You want that mealworm? Oh! Mealworms. There we go. Oh. oh, that is. Oh. Wow. That is really adorable. <laughs> I think he was being sarcastic, actually, about it. He only liked the clapping. But look at that tiny little bat. Those, that's the size of bats we have in Toronto and Canada and the United States. We have really little bats. Um, but bats, not only do they eat tons of insects, but they also pollinate plants. As a young bat biologist, I didn't even know that, that bats pollinated. Uh, who here likes guacamole? Guacamole's awesome, okay. Who likes uh, bananas? Uh-huh. Who likes, um, you know, bats actually pollinate avocados and bananas. Who likes tequila? Tonight, for sure. Margaritas. Bats are the only pollinators of agave that we make tequila from. 
A good friend of mine, uh, Rodrigo Medellin, uh, won a, um, an award for a movie that, a uh, documentary movie, uh, Batman of Mexico, and it's all about saving bats so that we get to save tequila. Okay, I don't care why you like bats, just you have to like bats because there's something that you're gonna really like about them. They also spread seeds in the rainforest and there's a lot of food that we eat that they plant. And so they plant things like pineapple trees, uh, mangoes, the seed's big, they spit it out, they spit it out in other places, but dates and figs are also spread by bats. So in general, bats keep us healthy. They do it for free. They eat tons of insects, they pollinate plants, and they spread seeds. If, if they go away, we have to pay to do it. It's economically important for us to help them. Coming up after the break. We're finding bats dying by the millions every single year. It will be the biggest wildlife catastrophe in North America in the last hundred years. Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Robert Meese speak about the amazing world of bats. Well, they have a lot of threats as well. So we've got uh, agriculture. Agriculture is a huge issue. We're, we're wiping out a lot of uh, habitat for a lot of our migratory species, especially because of agriculture and our overuse of pesticides. Um, urbanization, obviously, We've, we're losing a lot of uh, habitat for bats as well. I've got, a, I've got some solutions to this too, don't worry. And then there's a fungus. How many of you heard of this white nose syndrome? It's a fungus that's been affecting bats. Okay, so just a few of you. So it's a fungus, it's an invasive species that came from Europe about 10 years ago, and it landed just outside of Albany, New York. And unfortunately, this fungus grows on bats, and you can see it, um, it's the white stuff on their nose and on their wings. It's actually growing on their skin. And what it does is it wakes the bats up too many times when they hibernate during the winter, and they end up starving before the winter is over. This has spread, in 10 years, it spread from one county in New York it is now spreading across all of North America, and we're finding bats dying by the millions every single year. It will be the biggest wildlife catastrophe in North America in the last 100 years. So the buffalo, that was a big deal. Bats disappearing is gonna be an ecological disaster. We've got some other uh, animals that are telling us things are going wrong as well. Uh, butterflies, I mean, monarch butterflies. Who doesn't love monarch butterflies? Huge decreases in monarch butterflies. Uh, we're also working with uh, the monarch watch. Um, bumblebees, as a kid, I remember my mom running around with Raid killing the bees, and now we're posting it on Facebook that we saw a bee, we're so excited. We've gotta, we've gotta really rethink, why did they disappear, why are they gone, and how economically important are these animals to us? The President of the United States is so interested in protecting pollinators that I was asked uh, two years in a row to come to the White House and educate people about how important bats are as pollinators, as seed dispersers, and also consuming insects. So our Save the Bats campaign really is about, first thing, educating, and there's a really cool project. Uh, our Save the Bats campaign had a voice that reached a million people in only two days. Hi, I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to talk to you about one of my favorite species of animals, the bat. 
We're at the Bat Zone at Cranbrook Institute of Science, headquarters of the Organization for Bat Conservation. in one of our enclosures, checking out some of the biggest bats and some of the smallest bats that are here at the Bat Zone. Bats keep the planet healthy. Bats eat millions of bugs every night. Because bats eat bugs, farmers can use less pesticide on their food. This really big bat right here is Tom. And Tom is a Malayan flying fox. It's the largest bat species in the entire world. The little bat is called an evening bat. One of the biggest problems in North America is that insect-eating bats are dying because of a fungus. And unfortunately, it grows on bats while they hibernate during the winter. Millions of bats are dying each year. So far, a disease called white-nose syndrome has killed about six million bats in North America. Essentially, these bats are on the verge of completely dying out. Not only would we lose an extraordinary species, the death of our bats would be catastrophic to our ecosystem. There was just this little blurb on the news I saw about bats getting this thing called white-nose fungus. I think that we all just take for granted that there's bats and bats are going to be fine. But then as we started doing the research, we actually found that the bats are in a dire straits, actually, as a movie that benefits from the bats. We thought we're going to build these bat habitats as a way to raise awareness and just generally let's learn about bats and know how they benefit us because they're really important. Bat houses give healthy bats a safe place to raise their babies and that gives bats a fighting chance to repopulate. Plus, putting up a bat house is a fun thing to do with kids. Putting up a bat house. Uh, easy thing to do. I know some of you actually have bat houses. You came and told me already that you have bat houses up. So creating safe places for bats uh, to raise their babies. I brought a bat house with me today. Uh, this is what a bat house looks like. Uh, the bat house that you see on the screen is full of bats, and that's this exact same bat house right here. How many bats do you think could fit in a house this big? Guesses. Just 50. More than 50. 250, up to 300 bats could fit in a bat house this big. Each one having one baby once a year, each, bit, each bat eating up to 5,000 insects a night. So mom bats raise their babies together in a nursery colony, and they have a safe, warm, dry place to raise their babies. Our bat house project, uh, we've been working with kids, especially in urban settings, building bat houses, and then uh, getting them out not only in an urban setting, but also suburban and, and even in the uh, wilds as well to help bats out. Our Bat House project, we've been working with uh, Eagle Scouts, uh, we work with all kinds of ages, and uh, we get people so excited, they are uploading you know, pictures and video. Uh, right here you can see someone was so excited they got bats into their, into their bat houses. They sit out every night, the neighbors come over, they have tea, they have margaritas, and they watch the bats fly out every single night. Some of these people I get daily emails from, so it's, it's really it's really great. Our Bat House project also is looking at repurposing materials. So we don't want to keep cutting down lots of trees to build bat houses. So we're looking uh, to work with corporations like General Motors. General Motors has an initiative to reduce waste. And one of those uh, waste products is a battery cover for the Volt 
car. And so we can use that battery cover, build some in internal pieces, and then repurpose that to build bat houses and get them out into the wild. Bat gardening is another great way to provide bats healthy things to eat. Bats eat lots of insects, and then they have healthy insects. Also gardening organically, using less less or no pesticides. One of the things I'm really excited about, though, is studying how urban rooftops could be obviously turned into wonderful gardens. This is in Singapore, and a park, a full park on top of a building. Now that was planned, but there's a lot of space on top of buildings that we could utilize for wildlife and as especially migratory from our monarchs and our, our, our hummingbirds and our bats to find refuge and to find food as they move across the continent. The other thing that we're doing is we're working with uh, companies to help uh, make uh, these wonderful devices right here. This is a bat detector. Um, I'm going to let you listen to it just for a so second. We're gonna go over there and walk around, pick up some bugs, and hopefully we'll see lots of bats. You ready? We're going to head right over here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it dumpster? Yeah. So the, uh, the bat detector uh, plugs into an iPhone or an iPad and uh, runs software. I've got some recordings here I just did last week in Chicago. So I was leading a, a group in Chicago. And um, we just walked around and I was, uh, the software, well, I'm sorry, the hardware heard the bats, the software recorded it, analyzed it, told me what species of bat it is based on the library that is inside the software. So the more information that's collected, the, uh, the better the, the analyzing goes. But one of the coolest things is that now people can go out, you can go out, collect scientific data without catching bats. You don't have to know how to identify bats. And you can aid science, but especially in urban settings. I find this really interesting because researchers generally aren't interested in wildlife in urban settings. And we, obviously we've been talking about most of us live or will be living in urban settings. The other thing we do is a lot of public events. Uh, we get people really excited about bats. Kids end up uh, uh, liking bats and they want to do something for bats. And a lot of these kids become inspired uh, to do something. This little boy's name is Luke and he had a lemonade stand that raised $250 last summer. And that lemonade stand also taught many people in his neighborhood. Uh, so he got a chance to be an expert in his neighborhood. Our urban bat project is, uh, needs to be really simple, it needs to be fun, and accessible by, by all different ages and groups and especially uh, income levels. And when I talk about bats, I'm really talking about protecting biodiversity and making it a healthy planet for us all. I hope all of you join us uh, to save the bats. Thank you. Robert, Robert, I, I can't tell you how disappointed I am not to have an opportunity to pet the world's largest <laughs> bat here in person. Fred. Yeah, Fred. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. <laughs> You'll get to Detroit and come oh, and see yeah. me. Okay. I'll I'm bring running. a bat house over too. We'll get a bat house up at your house. All right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Idea City on the Air. Catch Moses Neimer's Idea City Conference live every June in Toronto 
or on regularly scheduled radio and TV shows throughout the year. And find hundreds of talks online every day at ideacity.ca. For more information about Idea City, find us online at ideacity.ca, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or youtube.com slash ideacity. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.